Now it is time for our bonus segment for Slate Plus members. Hello, Slate Plus members. Hello, June. Hello. Hello, Mike. Hello. So um, you you put in a request with uh, the committee, Mike, to talk more NBA, which I'm mm-hmm. definitely happy to do. June, um, you do not watch the NBA, but you listen to Zach Lowe's podcast. I, I do. So I'm ready to talk uh, bird rights, non-bird mm-hmm. rights. Yeah. I'm ready to talk Max Cap. <laughs> I'm just ready. Basically. And if you want to deal with spacing, I can totally go there, too. Space and pace. He had Arnovitz on this week, and they made some excellent points about the lore of the uh, argument against a maximum salary. And uh, we're seeing a little bit, even if you do, even if you said, okay, all bets are off on a maximum salary, it would not solve that many of the NBA's questions. It was an interesting pursuit. But one thing Zach Lowe said was he wants to stop getting into he, he's just a little bit sick of kind of the Stephen A. Smith's arguments and the argument against Stephen A. Smith and the moral argument. Uh, he wants to get into the basketball. He wants to write about how this will affect basketball. But don't you find – isn't that Zach Lowe? Who is the best? But isn't that Zach Lowe having his cake and eating it too? That the reason we're so into Zach Lowe and what he has to say is not just the basketball. It's the moral dimensions of the basketball. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I'm glad that we have a venue to talk about this because someone posted on our Facebook page, Brandon Wilkening, with what I thought was a reasonable beef with our segment from last week, which was that we were so offended by Stephen A. Smith's hyperbolic criticism of Durant that you felt you couldn't say anything mildly critical of his decision. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that perception of of what our motivations were, but I wanted to address the idea that we weren't uh, critical enough of his decision or what the effect will be on the NBA. And I guess my view on this, and June, please p- pipe up about spacing at any point, sure. is that um, I, I think it might actually make for a worse on the court product just because Oklahoma City was just such a fun and formidable opponent for the Warriors. But I just prioritize the right of Kevin Durant to make this decision above the idea that players should be like slotted into teams for, you know, essentially the length of their careers if they're in a situation that's like more fun for viewers or that makes for a more compelling TV product. He was on this team for so long for just the what'll end up being definitely the vast majority of his best years as an NBA player, like we got so much out of Kevin Durant on the Thunder. And if you have an issue with, you know, team composition, it's about the way the, you know, league is structured, what the rules are. And this was really a once in a lifetime chance with the cap going up to $94 million, that huge leap for every free agent to have the opportunity to really have true free agency, to really be able to choose where they wanted to go. And I think I'm like more in the mood to celebrate that than I am to say like, man, it really sucks that like Oklahoma City will not have the exact same roster for the next three years. Okay, I have some questions now. And I want to first stipulate that I found Mr. Pesca's argument last week that Kevin Durant had essentially been controlled throughout his career. You know, he had to play, he had to go to college. He was signed by Seattle. He had to go to, oh, but then he had to go to Oklahoma City. All of that stuff was very... Uh, compelling, uh, but 
I, I'm wondering, as somebody who doesn't actually watch basketball but listens to a lot of talk about it, if the Golden State Warriors team next year is actually going to make for good basketball. Because, again, just from my knowledge of tennis, for example, where people always want upsets, but then upsets always end up with then the next round sucks because you've got an uh, somebody who's overmatched in the next round. You know, when we had this these very dominant Your players... Your queries of the world. For example, we, we got... You know, when you have very strong rivalries or you get good games. Uh, but in basketball, if you have two teams that are so much better than all the others, if you have Golden State Warriors in the West and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East, aren't we going to get a lot of outmatched teams playing them? And I understand that in basketball, you want to see kind of the highlight reel aspect of the game. And so maybe the fact that you can see these wonderful players you know, dishing to each other and all of that stuff and, you know, doing some marvelous spacing. Maybe that's great. But aren't we going to get a lot of kind of crappy, bad score games next year? Okay, so this is great. Your last two comments are exactly what I wanted to say. I don't know if I prioritize his rights for free agency at a certain point at a certain salary level. We're not talking about a diamond miner in Liberia. Um, And I also do understand the point that, you know, this is like, what if after the 1988 finals, Isaiah just said, "Eh, I'm going to join the Lakers. That was hard. You know, we'd have been robbed some interesting, compelling storylines and basketball. But I think Durant doesn't take away storylines, Durant on the Warriors. I think it makes it more interesting to watch because last year was the year that you tuned in. We knew the Warriors were a great team. They had won a championship. And then last year with the streak and the ball got rolling, it was the first time I would ever go to a bar and watch a random game 63 without either of my teams in there, without anything really on the line, except I just want the chance to see this great team and that wasn't going to happen this year it was pretty clear they weren't weren't going to go for any record and they they already did it last year they already proved how good they could be last year and they weren't coming back with a better roster but now for 82 games I am going to be compelled to watch every regular season game so if Durant had stayed on the Thunder a first of all perhaps we forget that for the first 50 almost 60 games of the season they kind of stunk and they were underperforming and they weren't at all compelling so those are 60 basketball games where we're pretending that Durant on the Thunder is this amazing, compelling thing because of how well he did in the playoffs. But for sick for the vast majority of the basketball season, it would be perhaps kind of boring. And the Warriors part of it would also be kind of boring. Now I just don't... I want to see how well they play, and I also want to see how they play. Uh, there are so many questions like, you know, the old notion that it's a bad shot for everyone in the NBA except, except Steph Curry. Does that get changed at all? Or what happens when Clay goes on a cold streak? Does he say, look, I got so many other options, I, I can't shoot myself out of it. I am so much more compelled to watch all of the Warriors this year because Durant's on the team. So this is why it's not just because it's the right thing to do for Durant. It's the selfish thing to do for me as an NBA viewer. I I think it'll be that much more entertaining. But won't all the games be just... I mean, can anybody beat the Warriors? Yes, well, that's the thing. I don't think they're going to break the record again. We're all saying they're not even going to go for the record. So we're going to look at how they lose. We're going to look at the things that go wrong. We're going to, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how uh, Kerr manages the lineup. These are so many more interesting questions for a team that we know. Usually we have a great team, like with the Cavs. Uh, My attitude was, you know what? rouse me somewhere during the Eastern Conference Finals because we know they're going to just blow by everyone. And it's different with the Warriors, I think. 
But but how good they are has been greatly overstated, I think. I mean, not that you're doing it right now, Mike, because I think you're correctly saying they're not going to set the regular season wins record. But even the best basketball team, June, like in the NBA, on an individual game-by-game level, I think the games are more predictable than a baseball game, for example, or um, you know, a hockey game, certainly. But it's not like the Warriors, even with Durant, are like that much – better than, you know, the Clippers or the Spurs or, you know, it's not like they're going to win these games by like 30 points or 40 points or something. And even in the Eastern Conference Finals, Mike and I had this argument where where he was asking me to grade the different series. Like the first round where the Cavs beat the Pistons in four straight, the Cavs were losing in the fourth quarter of every one of those games, I think, if I'm remembering it right. And they were all like super competitive and interesting. And again, as Mike correctly pointed out, the regular season is incredibly long, mm-hmm. and the Warriors were just so fun and fan-friendly last year and trying to go for that record. And this year, with adding Durant to the roster, they, again, even if they don't go for the regular season record, are providing a tremendous service to NBA fans by making the long kind of pre-playoff season feel like the opposite of perfunctory. I mean, it'll just be fascinating to watch this team. And my final point is, you know, people say Larry Bird wouldn't have joined the Lakers or Magic Johnson wouldn't have joined the Celtics. And it's just such a dumb, facile comparison because those guys got drafted into the greatest situations almost that any NBA players have ever been drafted into and won championships instantly. The Isaiah Thomas comparison was actually a good and apt one, uh, Mike. But I'm just so annoyed by by like the stars from the the past who like won championships in their second year being like, oh, I would have never left my like all time great team that had already won two titles. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to leave it there or because I could go forever? I, I can. I actually all right. Have one why, don't more you, why don't you end it? Why don't you end us, June? Okay. Well, I don't know if I can end it because I actually have a question. So I know that you are not a, as even as a, 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 a very proud New Orleanian. Is that what you call people from New Orleans? Yes. That you're not a fan of. We'll, the, we'll allow it. <laughs> you're not a fan of the New Orleans. Is it Hornets? Pelicans. Pelicans. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But like, I mean, so doesn't the creation... I'm excited about their signing of Langston Galloway. Oh, totally. (laughs) I mean, I totally get that. But like, aren't you... Doesn't the creation of what is essentially like a super team uh, in Northern California, doesn't it just kind of fill you with dread for your home team of thinking, well, obviously there's no chance now. I mean, I know that it was kind of a dog's chance, but... No, there's no chance. Doesn't that fill you with, like, depression almost a year before the season, you know, so long before the season's actually going to start? No. I mean, I'm I'm just saying the same thing. Like, everyone is overstating the greatness of this Warriors team. I think that they're not going to be that much better with Durant than they are already. Like, I think they will be better, but it's just like adding a fourth great player. It's not going to make as big a difference is adding a, a second one or a third one. And anything could really happen. They just had such a, you know, every other team will probably, their their chance of winning a title will go down like maybe a tiny bit. But 
every team in the NBA has such a small chance to win a championship in, you know, in the first place. And also, let's say they're great through 60 games like they were this year. We'll say, well, remember, they collapsed at the end or they, had, they struggled towards the finish line. So then it will give us impetus to watch. And let's say they don't struggle towards the finish line. Then we'll say, ah, yes, but they got tripped up in the conference finals and it will give us impetus to watch. And it won't be until the season's over and they've won every game in the <laughs> finals and every game in the regular season that we could look back and say, yeah, that was kind of a super team. All right. I guess there's no such thing as a super team. I will stop holding that belief or at least pushing it quite so strongly. Thank you, June, for being with us this week. And we'll be back with more Slate Plus stuff on next week's show. See ya.